You weren't put here to live in the shadows of life. To exist beyond the sun's grasp, to stay on the outside, looking in. No, you weren't put here to live in the shadows of life. It's important to remember the difference between now and forever, the distinction between today and tomorrow, because from time to time they look deceptively similar. Especially when we inevitably find ourselves in the darkest of times. When despite our best efforts, our world is reduced to shadows, void of hope. When tomorrow and today have merged into one endless entity, it always seems to be in these times that we forget that right now is just a moment, not an assigned permanent, but a bridge to something great. As Viktor Frankl says, if there is meaning in life at all, then there must be meaning in suffering. We all suffer, we all hurt, we all go through periods of time where we can't see or hear or feel anything beyond the darkness we find ourselves in, but it's there. Darkness cannot be defined without light. It's in the definition. Darkness is a partial or total absence of light. They need each other, darkness and light. The one thing that can bring darkness to its knees is out there, everywhere, all around it. And if there was ever a reason to be hopeful, enthusiastic, if there's ever a reason to believe, it's that a new life is always a light switch away. It's that darkness is as temporary as the day. And the antidote requires only that you believe it to be true only that you find the resolve to reach one foot out, to remind yourself of the sun's warmth and the infinite beauty of a world beyond this temporary darkness. Because you, you weren't put here to live in the shadows of life, but to reemerge like a rocket through the Earth's stratosphere to swing from star to star like life is a playground and you make the rules. And I think when we look back, we'll be nothing but grateful for those times of darkness. They, in a sense, prepared us for the road ahead by giving us what we need most. Perspective. Life lessons, a roadmap to follow. Because you don't appreciate the light, the sun, the clear blue skies, the wind on your face, the sound of the waves, the chirping of the birds. No, you don't see the beauty in any of that until even if for a moment it is taken away. You don't learn about life's abundance until you come face to face with scarcity. You don't learn to give until you've had your world taken away. You don't learn to love until you've experienced heartbreak, 
You don't learn courage until you've been overcome by fear. You don't learn to grow until you've been truly stuck. You don't learn to believe until you've looked in the mirror and doubt peers back. You don't know who you are until you learn what you're not. See, everyone finds themselves having wandered into the dark, sometimes of their own volition, sometimes of fate. But like leaves changing color in the fall, the earth on its journey around the sun, a wave emerging and falling back into that which it came, it is not an end, but a beginning. Life's way of preparing us for what's to come, introducing us to the infinite possibility of tomorrow because you weren't put here to live in the shadows of life, but to emerge from them, to light up the world. No, you weren't put here to live in the shadows of life. When the ground beneath us shakes, we crave stability. When the heavens open up and rain pours down, we run for shelter. When life presents us with vagueness, with flashes of possibility, we long for mastery. It's more instinct than anything else. But could it be that that instinct that we run to like moths to a flame is leading us astray, that it doesn't have our best interests at heart. Could it be that we're so worried about protecting and maintaining an acceptable image for the world that we forget to build something internally that's worth protecting? What if that shaking is what brings down the foundations that held us back? What if that rain washes away the limits of yesterday as we evolve into something more? And what if those flashes of possibility require of us not mastery, no, not yet, but a willingness to be the fool? And what if that willingness isn't an unfortunate dead end, but a beginning? In one of his lectures, at the University of Toronto, Jordan Peterson said, if you are not willing to be a fool, you can't be a master. In the cycle that is self-discovery, that is growth, we have to at some point step into an arena that's foreign to us, that we don't yet understand. We have to be willing to operate with inadequate resources, trusting that you know they'll be picked up along the way. And that's a lot to take in. It's painful to know that others are going to have knowledge and skills and competencies that you won't. That you'll willingly inject yourself into the bottom of some hierarchy with nothing more than aspirations. But that willingness is your vehicle. And what's clear is that everyone wants the moon, but very few people have the courage to start constructing that spaceship. Very few have the courage to be the student. It's 
why our inclination is to quit when we can't snap our fingers and magically be on our way, when we can't leap past that wandering around the unknowns. The reality is, we have to fight to scrap to obtain that sense of belonging in a particular competency. And just talking about it brings me back. It's an obstacle that we all face. It's super real to me. I remember being featured on a, on a podcast where the host literally asked me, why should I listen to what you have to say, right? Like, who are you? Why, why are, are you road mapping your journey, right? I remember fighting for relevance in an area in which, you know, at the time I knew almost nothing about. And I love how Peterson articulates this battle. He says, at some point, you'll want to make a change and you'll feel like an imposter. And guess what? You are. But you have to be. You'll ultimately feel worse if you don't do it. That's imposter syndrome. Feeling like a stranger in your own body. And guess what? It's not wrong. It's just a beginning. I like explaining it like jumping into a cold pool. It feels uncomfortable at first. It feels out of place, but then things normalize. They become comfortable. And what's the other option? To fear that minute of, of discomfort and never jump in? It's what we need to tell ourselves when we want something, but the, the climb seems too steep, right? That climb is manageable. You'll acclimate. The adversary's pushing beyond that fear of starting anew, taking your limited understanding, bringing it to the base of that mountain, a new Goliath, and looking up with confidence. And the question is, can you be foolish enough to do that? And once you've made that ceiling your next floor, will you be foolish enough to do it again and again and again? And breaking through that fear, knowing that stumbling around for a period of time doesn't kill you, it's required. It's the inability to show weakness or appear vulnerable. That's what chips away at you for a lifetime. If you want more, immerse yourself in that cycle of mastery. Start at the bottom and ascend. And when you approach the top, separate yourself and find another ceiling to chase. Replant a seed. Play the role of the fool again. This is the formula for growth, for prosperity, for fulfillment. This is the pathway to anything of substance. You take your L's, you embrace your critics, you swallow your pride, and move towards a tomorrow that far exceeds today. As your reality changes, your perception changes, the company you keep changes, you'll start to see that what's around you is made by people who are willing to fail and fail often. Our world is one devised by those who could put pride on hold by those who were humble enough to crawl through the unknown long before they ran anything, who knew that before they played for any title or championship, they must first play the fool. Your eyes do not create, they obey. They are projectors that play the stories your mind has written. 
messengers, delivering pictures you've already painted. So you win or lose long before they open, your outcomes decided long before they see a thing. Your outlook is not a reflection of the world around you, it's a reflection of the world within you. And I wonder how we can be so lucky as to have the opportunity to literally create our own reality, yet we position ourselves so that we're disadvantaged. We act as though the wake of the boat is more powerful than the wheel that steers it. We remind ourselves of the obstacles instead of reassuring ourselves that we possess the ability to get around anything and everything that stops us. If we can create our own landscapes, why insert storms? If we can define our own rules, why penalize our progress? If we're capable of feats beyond our wildest dreams, why do we instruct our eyes to see stop signs? Your eyes long to see the world as it was meant to be seen. With its color, its fullness, its beauty, its perfection. Why not give them permission? See, there is no use for the negative. The downside brings you nothing. There is no value to be obtained or acquired from what doesn't push you. The solution is simple. If it doesn't make you stronger, let your eyes see beyond it. Refocus, re-examine, because I promise you the answers you need are in the same frame as the things that hold you back. The problems, they are the solutions. The opportunities, they are the risk. Life is that portrait, but it is entirely open to interpretation. See, the same people that see beauty, that find magnificence, they will always see it. They will always find it. In the downtimes, the winter periods of life, they'll feel it during the days when we look up and we wonder how in the hell these dots connect. They will run towards the chaos, find answers while others see what's not there. Eyes are the tunnel in which all that data is transferred, but understand this, it doesn't begin externally and flow into your brain. No, reality, as you know it, it starts within and is projected out, pouring into every step you take, every handshake, every time you look up and smile. You are painting the world colors that correspond to your story, your paint by number. And when you can only see the things you don't want to see, when negativity bias latches on and attempts to hold you in place, realize that you are letting the wrong info in, subscribing to what doesn't serve you, so simply change the channel, step back and look again one more time because you are the author of your own story. So see it as you want to, live it on your own terms.